94.1 FM, 3WBC. And welcome to VFR Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. Bit of Gold Coast theme song to come into the show tonight. Gold Coast Suns, can you believe it, Laoshi? Gold Coast Suns are in the final four of the VFL season for 2022. Can we believe it, Gold Coast Suns? It is a real surprise. Like, um, I think they turned the corner. I went to watch them when they played against Essendon at Windy Hill, and that's when they really turned the corner. They really fought, fought and grinded away and got that win um, with about 30 seconds to go, and they've won eight in a row. So um, I must admit, um, I didn't think they'd get that far, but it just shows you how healthy Australian rules football is in Queensland right now. To have all three Queensland sides in the last four, is a fantastic effort um, to have the Lions and the Sharks there as well. Yeah, fantastic effort. Welcome to VFL Rewind for tonight. A special show. Um, we've got uh, two weeks until the grand final, or um, 13 days, so it's getting very, very close now. Uh, we had two fantastic games on the weekend, and one probably went the way we expected it to, even though they almost won in the end. Um, um, Carlton, I thought they were going to win, to be honest. They... Um, both teams were actually wind affected. Both games were kick- both mm. games um, were had a strong breeze, probably a three or four goal breeze, and both results actually um, were against points. Were, were against the wind. The yeah. results so Brisbane won against the wind, and then Gold Coast won against the wind, which is yep. probably the thing you don't normally see. Um, so the uh, yeah, first game was uh, Brisbane seventy two defeated Carlton sixty up there at Red Rooster Park. Congratulations to Brisbane on advancing to week three of the finals. Well, I was talking to Robbo um, about that. Then he goes, with you, your ideal venue for the VFL grand final if it was two Queensland sides, Red Rooster Park? Oh, I don't know about that last year. I, <laughs> I had a look at the ground and it's... Uh, <laughs> well, this is what Robbo said because he's a, he's a fan of Red Rooster. Oh, oh yeah, from yeah, that so, perspective, yeah. So. It's, it's a bit... Half the ground's a car park. Yeah. One side of the wing's a car park. The other side, there's a little um function, uh, social facility in the change rooms in the four pocket, and the outer yeah. wing's just grass. So, um, yeah. I don't I don't know if it'd be suitable for for a VFL grand final, but and especially um, I think it's about twenty k's out of Brisbane. It's a bit of a bit of a hike. So I think it's actually more than that. Because remember Wiley it Buzz, might be, yeah. I think Wiley Buzzer said it was nearly fifty k's. Fifty or that, k's, well, or yeah. maybe it was fifty k's from his um. His um, residential address. Um, yeah, that makes but, sense. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it is a fair, fair wide, uh, nor- northerly direction out, out of Brisbane. But, um, yeah, no, good on the Lions. They just got across the line against Carlton. And Carlton, they've played some good football this year. They've, um, they, they've had a few games where they've sort of probably should have won games. But um, well done to the Carlton Footy Club. Um, disappointed that they delisted Will Hayes after they only drafted him. Um, what a... 12 weeks ago. What's the use of that? Well, um, fair dinkum. What yeah. is, what is, this isn't, this isn't what the mid-season draft is meant to be. Yeah. It's meant to be, and, and I reckon this is absolute rubbish. 
the mid-season draft, if you pick someone up, you, sh- you should be signed for 18 months. Not for... Not for I, how, how long was Will Hayes there? He was there for probably 120 days. Yeah, if, if, if that, you know, you look at that and then you look at players like Jackson Callow, he'll have a lot of VFL clubs knocking on his door, like and he'll probably even have our mate Thane Brady knocking on his door down at North Launceston. Yeah, because yeah, he comes from North Launceston. So um, hopefully Jackson gets another opportunity somewhere. Ideally, Hawthorne, so we still see him at um, Box Hill, but who knows? Um, yeah, the other game that was a bit of a surprise. We we all thought the Sydney Swans, or at least I did, and the Gold Coast Suns have done it again, eight in a row, fifteen nine ninety nine to twelve fifteen eighty seven. And um, you know what? What can you say? It was a bit of a surprise surprise win, and we now have the. Um, I don't know what what can you call um, Southport and Gold Coast because they two tribes cup two, two tribes yeah two, two tribes cup they, they, they the battle of Cavill Mall I don't know um uh, there's a there's a deep hatred between these two teams you've got to remember Lashy that Gold uh, Southport Sharks bidded for the Gold Coast license yep, yep. and they were the underbidder they were the ones who lost out and in hindsight. I think Southport should have got the license, to be perfectly well, honest. If you look back to now... Yeah, and Stephen Daniel is a former Gold Coast Neeful coach as Brady well. Brady Crosley, former... Yep. Um, Jacob Dawson. Uh, Matty Primus was on the coaching staff at Gold Coast. What? I think Matty Lappin. So, you know, there's... Big rivalry. Uh, uh, will there be a line in the sand drawn this week? Will we sort of have um, like a Hawthorne-Essendon rivalry? Oh, I'd like to say, but obviously if it's, you know, not... Not too extreme because you don't want to see people getting rubbed out for no. a grand final. I mean, as long as they just play hard but fair, you know, I'd like to say that. But it wouldn't be surprised if there's a few um, pushes, pushes and shoves because it's going to be a big game. And oh, yeah. Southport have been probably the second best team all year besides Casey. Yep. And Gold Coast, without a doubt, are the form team at the moment. Eight yep. in a row. They've beaten, they beat Brisbane. They've beaten uh, a few of the big name teams. They beat Sydney as well. Yep. They've beaten Southport. They beat Southport yep. a few weeks ago. So they're the form team. They're, they're running full con- full confidence. Jackson Kornberg, 28 years of age, yep. and he's a senior coach of a VFL club. It is a fantastic story that uh, yep. I guess the, the southern states uh, probably don't know much about. Or they do because he's from Sandy Dragons, but I um, hope that he's one that uh, gets an opportunity maybe down the track at the AFL level because he's a very impressive fellow. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if he actually even gets elevated into the Gold Coast AFL um, coaching crew at the end of the year because that's generally what happens with some of the VFL coaches um, with the alliance sides or the VFL teams. They spend one or two years and then they move move up the ladder. We've seen it um, with Box Hill and Hawthorne with Chris Newman and um, Sam Mitchell and Marco Bello would have been down that way as well had he not got a better offer from the Adelaide Crows. Um, you know, so... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson probably just has the one-year stay at the Gold Coast VFL side and then um, moves into the AFL ranks. Well, it wouldn't surprise me, to be perfectly honest, because he's had the good apprenticeship at the uh, the Sandy Dragons, which yep. is a, a very good spot to, I guess, start your your journey. Yep. Um, down there at the Dragons, you know, TSE Cup or NAB League is a very high standard. So yep. um, good luck to him. I wish him the best of luck um, with, with the final this week against Southport. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a grudge match, I think. Uh, bit, of, bit of feeling between the two teams, that's yep. for sure. What is your thought on, we've got Melbourne-Brisbane on Friday night 
at the G in the AFL. And then the next day, we've got Casey versus Brisbane out of the beautiful Casey Fields, Cranbourne East. Um, would you have liked to have seen that game as a Kern raise on Friday night at the G? I think if you ask the Brisbane fan who's going going to the MCG on Friday night, if you're asking a Melbourne fan who's going to the G on Friday night, and they were prepared to get there early, they'd say, I'd love to, to be at the G because I'll get there and I'll, I'll watch them. But yeah. I think that if... If the stars had of the line TV contract wise, yep. it would have been fantastic. I just we just know, and you know, it's 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 always great to dream that you know we could get a prelim in the VFL on the MCG. But it all comes down to TV contracts, and the next day everyone's going to have to go out to Casey. All the Melbourne and Brisbane fans who were at the MCG the night before yeah. going to have to go out to Casey, which is a big ask. I mean, from Melbourne, Casey is I think it's about fifty or sixty k's from Melbourne from yep. the CBD, so it's a fair hike. Um, yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a stretch for some of the fans. Um, so it will be interesting. I, I, I think if in an ideal world, it would have been fantastic if it was a curtain raise. What do you reckon? Yeah, I would have gone gone down the line of curtain raises, but I suppose at the same time, um, Casey ended up first place on the ladder and home ground advantage is everything. And with you know, Casey's home ground is Casey Fields and it's not not the MCG. So um, I suppose if you're in the Casey camp, you'd like to make life as difficult as possible for Brisbane, you, you know, would, yeah. long travelling. They deserve um, the right to have yeah, a home fight. A nice, windy, cold day at Casey Fields. Maybe the hot water breaking down in the Brisbane rooms <laughs> and the cold showers and all that. So, no, nah, we've gone past that. So, um, so, but, yeah, uh, I'll, I would have preferred seeing it as a Kern Razor, but, the, you know, you ask Casey people, they'll say, no, nah, they wanted it out of Cranbourne East because um, that's where they're based. That's where they've won... Uh, most of their games this year, so let's not change it too much. Yeah, that's true. We've got three special guests on this evening. We've got Craig Black on from the Collingwood Football Club, senior coach. Forward to having a chat to Craig about how the Collingwood program went this year. Got Braden Crosley. Uh, what a man. Uh, you, What's you his know, nickname? You, What's his nickname? Is it is it Goob? Goob. Goob. Yeah, Goob. Goob. What a, what a man, mate. You know what I think of our Braden, mate. He's the biggest cult figure in the VFL. I like his number 24. Number 24. So you're already on board. Uh, he's going to have a chat to us about, uh, yeah, he, he's an ex-Gold Coast player, so he's coming up against his old team. Yeah. And then uh, Michael Gibbons, yep. two-time Liston medal winner. What can you say about Michael that hasn't been said already? I mean, he's yeah. an absolute, absolute superstar. He's still young. I mean, he could have still still quite easily been playing VFL, but he's played AFL. He's uh, unfortunately uh, left the AFL system. He's gone back to Yarrawonga and playing up at Yarra. Yeah. And uh, playing some all good, some good football from all, all accounts. Yeah, I think I think he'll do really well in the middle count up there in the Ovens and Murray League, and um, he'll tell us how he's going at the Yarrawonga Pigeons along with um, his former teammates Willie Wheeler and Lee Masters, and Lee Williams is there as well. So Yarrawonga, I'll tell you what, it was a club we didn't know that much about until about what ten Fair or twelve, ten or twelve years ago, and then. Brendan Favola probably put it on the map and now it's become a destination club for retiring AFL and VFL players. But um, I will be asking the question of Michael why he did not go back to Williamstown for 10 games because he'd be a life member there if he goes there for 10 more games. It's a very good question, Lashi, and um, it's yeah. one that I guess um, if he still has a fire in the belly, it'd be great to see him um, you know, yeah. come back to William. Be part of something special down there. Uh, mm. But yeah, we'll ask him that. We'll have him on a little bit later at quarter to uh, eight. Uh, but Laoshi, now we've got a special time. We've got a few minutes until our first special guest on. And we've got to talk our favourite topic, Laoshi, yep. and that is VFL canteens. And 
we're gonna we're gonna spread this out over two parts so we don't drag it out too much. Um, so we've done our ratings, we've we've done our votes. Uh, yep. The votes were on consist. Uh, no, on variety, value, and service. Yep. So price obviously yep. comes into the play. Play price value. Yeah. Um, how good their quality is. Um, everything like that. We've done our five votes, and we've whittled it down to a final eight. So they're in no particular order. So we've got our final eight, and then we're gonna. Once again, we're going to um, off them votes. We're, we've already got a winner, but we're not telling the listeners yeah. who our winner is yet. So we've got a winner from the final eight. But at the moment, our final eight, in no particular order, is Williamstown Football Club, Port Melbourne Football Club, Northern Bullants, Werribee, Geelong, Coburg, Footscray, and Essendon Football Club yep. round out the eight in no particular order. So congratulations to them final teams. They've... They've upped their game, some of them. Um, they've, they've, they've tried new things. Uh, so that's our final eight. Lashi, what's your thoughts? We, uh, once we yeah, got the votes, yep. I, was a bit, I was a bit surprised um, to see Geelong and Essendon in there, but um, we, we got, we, uh, yeah, the votes got them in. Could you imagine our good friend, um, a good friend of VFL Rewind, Cameron Towns, and he's probably sitting there going, yeah, I reckon it's Williamstown. Lashi likes Portello. But Cam... It may or may not be Williamstown. You'll have to wait till Sunday. Yeah, you'll have to, or Monday. Have to, have to wait for Monday. <laughs> Next week's show, we'll announce the winner. Um, uh, and we'll go into a little bit detail of uh, the votes. Um, the reason people are probably going to ask why we didn't have Frankston and Casey and who was the other one that had that same caterer? Um, that's a very good question. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, well, there's, there's, uh, maybe it was only the two clubs, so Frankston and Casey at the same caterer. The reason we didn't put Frankston in there um, and Casey, even though they had a lot of varieties, Price. the pricing, and there was also penalty rates for Saturdays and Sundays and public holidays. Now, you're always going to pay the... Ha- footy's generally played on Saturday and Sunday in the VFL, so all of a sudden... A one dollar dim sim becomes a two dollar two dollar fifty nightmare. So um, because of all the extra loading that goes in um, there, but um, you know, they, so those clubs obviously need to look at their catering companies in future. There's nothing wrong with the menu. It was just the pricing, you know. You as um, one former VFL president said when we ordered coffees on a Friday night down in Frankston. Hang on, I've just got to go to the bank for a home loan, a bank loan. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. you got to make it fan fan friendly. And as we know on this show, we always like to yeah. you know listen to what the fans want at grounds. And uh, some have been pretty vocal um, to us um, about some of the canines and how disappointing. So we've got to take that on board. And some of the interstates clubs, they're very new to the the, the caper, I guess. Um, Potato Scolves um, up there in Queensland is probably one that probably lost a bit of votes for us, I'd say, uh, the yeah. old Potato Scolves. We're not used to that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sure the, the Queensland and New South Wales teams will, will potentially bounce back um, throughout throughout next year. But congratulations to the final eight. Uh, we'll we'll announce, announce the winner very shortly and we'll get a trophy off to the winner very shortly, which, uh, yeah, will be seven days away. Yeah, no, looking looking forward to it, and it should be a um, a great a great night, and um, the the winning club will be very happy to um, receive that trophy. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great award for their trophy cabinet. Uh, we're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break with our first special guest of the evening from the Collingwood Football Club in Craig Buck. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on ninety four point one FM three WBC. 
Three WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors: Budget Car and Truck Rental, Tobin Brothers Funerals, Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar, LP Antiques and Collectibles, Alia Framing, Piranha Foods, MR Davids Constructions, Dragon City Tattoos, Buffalo Sports, and the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. On the outside, Champagne Toast followed by Cucumber Sandwiches, My Way, 23rd Psalm, then Red Roses. Further back, Devonshire 2, Eulogy and Pre-Planning. Champagne Toast has taken the lead, kicks away. It's out in front, 200 metres to go. Tobin Brothers celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers celebrating lives flying. Thanks, Brian. For the final weigh-in in life, how would you like to be celebrated? Find out more at turbanbrothers.com.au. Turbin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WBC. We're at the point of our first special guest of the evening. And he's the senior coach of the Collingwood Football Club in the VFL. And he joins us on the line now, Craig Black. Craig, welcome to VFL Rewind and thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having us. G'day, Craig. Lausche speaking. How would you uh, assess your season now that it's been um, finished for just over a week? Um, oh, yeah, good, interesting question. Um, no, we were, we were really happy with our, um, how our season went. Uh, obviously, you want to keep playing as long as you can, especially while the AFL team's still in the finals. Um, that's one of our goals. So ideally, we would have, you know, hopefully won our first final and, and continued through. But... Uh, with a young list, um, we started the season really well. I think we were four and one, um, and then then we sort of lost our way a little bit. Had a few younger boys playing and a few injuries, and I think we lost four in a trot. And then um, and then we bounced back, and I think we might have won four or five games in a row before losing the last couple. So no, overall, um, yeah, we're pretty happy with the season. And the older blokes you had on the list, like Jetta and Hartley, what value did they bring to a fairly young list? Um, oh yeah, I think like, Nev. Um, well, both of them were really great, but especially Nev, like working as a development coach at Collingwood during the day, and then having someone of his calibre out there, sort of still being an on-field leader, was really critical to our young players to the development of those boys. Um, so even that you see the development of them being able to then step in and play at AFL footy, so he was great for that. And Hearts, he'd been you know a really great performer at VFL level and at AFL um, through his opportunities he's got over the last few years, so it was great just to have a couple of experienced heads out there. Uh, one player from the Collingwood Football Club who I thought uh, had a pretty good season, uh, Sam Glover. What can you tell us about Sam? He's a very exciting player. Yeah, no, Sam's been... Um, so I, I started at Collingwood mid-2018, and um, Glover was playing there then, and then he had a really good season. I, I can't remember if it was like 19 or 20, 2019 or 20, and he um, unfortunately got invited to the Combine, uh, whether it was the State Combine... But um, he actually broke his he did broke his foot like maybe around the navicular or something like that. So he really pretty much missed nearly a season of footy then with COVID. So it took him a bit to get going again. But um, he, his second half of the year for us was probably you know one of the reasons why we ended up playing the sort of footy that we did. So yeah, really strong performer. He can play the strength with with Sammy is his um, his ability to play forward or back. And I honestly don't know which one he's better at. He's a really strong performer in both. So that's great for a coach especially at VFL level within the line team. Sometimes if we've got too many AFL players at the back, we can throw them forward or vice versa. 
one of the guys that surprised me when you recruited him earlier this year, Wietering, uh, Matt Wietering from Springvale Districts. He came from a Division Two club and they've now gone up to Division One after winning a premiership there. But how, how has he fitted into the Collingwood program? Yeah, no, Wieters was an interesting one. Um, so after the season last year, I got a, a, quite a few phone calls about about Matt, you know, that he was playing good footy um, down at Spring and, and having coached down at the Stingrays now, I was wondering why he hadn't gone through like the talent pathway, um, at either Sandy or Dandenong and that sort of stuff. And um, But he was an elite cricketer. He was in the cricket pathway. So he was in um, some of the under-17, I think, and even the under-19 Vic development squads uh, and then playing um, senior cricket at Dandenong at a young age. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so we rang rang Weeders and offered him the opportunity to come and train, and not being in any of those pathways before. So I think that it was really critical to have a good pre-season. And unfortunately, he um, he's a plumber by trade, and he cut the tendon in his thumb mm. just after Christmas. So it was like a 12-week injury that the heel. Like he rocked up to training, goes, I cut my thumb. I've just got a few stitches, and he went to train, and we thought you better just see a doc, and they're like. Mate, I reckon you've done more than that, and sent him straight to the um, like to the hospital. And he was having surgery two days later. So, um, so he's a player that we hope goes around again next year. Just, I think um, at the at the age now, so I think he's maybe twenty three. But um, you want those boys to come in and get a taste of it to try and commit to VFL for a couple of years and see what what they can do. I'm just going through your list, then. One name that really sticks out there is number 77, UU Ashwin. Um, what background's UU? Oh, uh, well, UU is one of he's an, he plays at Oakley Chargers. Yep. Um, so he's, he's part of our Next Generation Academy. So, yeah, so UU only played, um, he played, you know, three or four games as the 23rd player. So, yeah, so that's where. So he spends most of his time at Oakley, and then we were lucky enough just to get the opportunity. We played um, a couple of, I think we played six or seven boys through Oakley or the Murray Bush range to come down and, and played a couple of opportunities for us, yeah. Uh, Craig, the skipper of the club, correct me if I'm wrong, is Campbell Husswade. Um, he was very highly rated before um, the AFL draft and um, unfortunately didn't get drafted. But what can you tell us about Campbell? I mean, um, um, do you still think that um, he's still got the potential to put his name up in lights to get drafted because he's had a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good season? Yeah, absolutely. Like I've been really fortunate to coach um, Campbell for. I coached him at the Stingrays as a seventeen-year-old, and he was captain of our premiership there in two thousand eighteen. So he was with some really high um, talented players that played in that season. Then his first year at at Collingwood um, in two thousand nineteen, I think he managed to finish. Third now, best and first, first year at the at the Med League, which was a credit to himself. But um, no, I think I think he's a player that, especially with the COVID, that it's been hard for those boys that you know missed the whole season. And last year, only played nine games. So at the age of sort of you know twenty twenty one, they miss a lot of footy. So no, I definitely think he's got the attributes um, to play AFL footy. Um, he's one of those players I've, I've mentioned it a few times to some people that he's one of those players if you actually go to watch a game you walk away and you go yeah I thought he was alright but if you actually go there and watch him play you see the little things he does and he's such a team first player that he um, yeah, he'd be great for any any club I think if someone was prepared to take the opportunity to, to give him a spot uh, Just a quick question um, from the list tonight which is next week are there any uh, any players from a, a Collingwood perspective you might poll who you think might poll pretty well I know I noticed that uh, Neville Jetta was named in the uh, the squad of 40 for the VFL team of the year. Is there any other sort of players that you reckon might uh, might be a bit of a smoky for the come listen night? 
Um, I think I think um, little Sammy Fowler might get a few votes. He, um, you know, a small forward. He's bobbed up early and kicked a few goals. Um, he, unfortunately, he missed, I think, four or five weeks towards the end of the year with a hamstring. But on our IFL list, I think Finn McRae will, will, you know, might get quite a few votes in it. Uh, Craig, now with the season over, what what does the VFL coach do now? Do you do you sort of six to eight weeks holidays and then come back to the club, or um, has your your future at Collingwood been decided? What you're doing next year? You're moving into the AFL coaching department, or are you quite happy with the VFL um, side of things? No, I really enjoy the VFL side of things, and we're Collingwood Footy Club. We do. Uh, we do it a bit different, or it's the same as a lot of clubs. So we're all actively involved with the AFL program as well. So yeah. um, the day-to-day, um, myself and, the, and our line coaches in the VFL are all the development coaches of, of our AFL program. So, yeah, while we, we went out last week, and I think we got the Monday off because we played the Sunday, and then we are back in there Tuesday to try and um, help our AFL list to, to win a premiership or, you know, or go as far as they can. And even the players that aren't playing, really, we're there to while there's still an opportunity then for them to get better as well. And so we're there to sort of cater for their needs. And then, um, yeah, our VFL players had a bit of time off and we'll, um, we'll catch up with them from tomorrow night, go to the sort of exit interviews with all our players on our list um, tomorrow and Wednesday and just see how our, um, you know, the thoughts of what our players are doing, those that want to hang around or those that might be moving on and we'll have to make some list management decisions in the next probably, you know, three to four weeks once we see how our AFL list is looking and then cater for with the VFL players that we required as well. The AFL team uh, is doing absolutely phenomenal this year, uh, probably better than expectations. Uh, Craig McRae, what can you tell us about Craig? I mean, I know he, I know we had a little bit to do with him when he was coach of Richmond in the VFL. Um, he's a he's still the reigning VFL Premiership coach, funny enough. So, um, yeah, he's, don't worry, he's reminded me about that a few times. He said, yeah, he's, he's still the remaining uh, with a couple of COVID cases. So, so that's um, no, it's quite funny when he says that. No, he's um, oh, mate, he's just a wonderful person, and everything that you see in the media is exactly what we see behind closed doors as well. So, uh, really trusting uh, and empowers people to to do the job that they're employed to do and he's really supportive of that as well so I, I couldn't speak highly enough of him um, yeah I know one of the first words he spoke to me as being a VFL coach was said, said mate don't worry I've, I've lived your shoes I know what it's like so um, yeah he's really supportive and yeah it's excellent well Craig we really appreciate you joining us tonight it gives us a bit of an insight of what's going on at Collingwood Football Club uh, I thought it was a pretty good season um, for a VFL perspective and well done on, on a great year Um I know going out in week one is probably not ideal, but I thought you you did really well. And uh, thanks for joining us tonight on VFL Rewind. Thanks, Craig. No problem. No problem. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Craig. Craig Black there, senior coach of the Collingwood Football Club in the VFL. Great man. Great insight yeah. too, uh, especially about some of the boys that we probably didn't know a little bit about. Yeah, no, he's um he's a VFL he's a VFL person, isn't he, Craig? Because he played a bit of football down in Frankston and then spent a lot of time in the TAC Cup system, and now he's been at Collingwood for a few years. So. Um, and obviously quite happy in his role at the present as yeah, well. Yeah, I think being a VFL coach is uh, a good role. If you're a development coach, if you come through the TAC, Jackson Kornberg is a prime example um, yeah. of the things he's been able to do because you know he's come through that TAC Cup system. And I guess it's a different coach, but it's an evolving thinking. I mean, you look at the VFL five to ten years ago, and you had Andy Collins, you had guys like Andy Collins, you had guys like Gary Ayers who were a bit of a different coach. So, yeah. well, Andy Collins is probably a bit different. Ayers, Ayers, he was a, a very motivated motivational coach and he'd 
you know, get the best mm. out of players. But it, I guess it's a little bit about development now as well. You know, that the, the players um, being developed a little bit different to what they were uh, maybe maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah, no doubt. And I don't think you'll see a coaches stay as long as Collins, Ayers, Fitzgerald um, in the VFL system as well these days. You know, generally they'll they'll have their few years and they either move up or move out if it's not for them. Yeah, and the other thing about the v- being at an AFL club and being a, a senior coach, I guess, is... Um, um, it's a it's part of it. The, a lot of the clubs, and I know I probably it's it's probably a Clarko thing to be honest. I reckon he's probably the one who set the tone. Is you know to to rotate people through everything. You know, I mean, you look at Box Hill for an example. How many Box Hill coaches were there in Clark, in Clarko's time? He he, yeah. he didn't stick with one for very long, and that's no. no disrespect for the coach. It's just he wanted them to he wanted all of them to be able to coach at their own level. And yeah. Brendan Bolton was one. Yeah. Um, you know, Damien Carroll, DC, was did a really good job. Marco Mac, Bello. Max Bailey. Max Bailey. Chris Newman. Chris Newman. Sam Mitchell. Yeah, yeah so. you know where Sam Mitchell is now. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the vital thing of it, being a VFL coach is, you know, it gives you, opens the doors to it. Yeah, if an AFL opportunity ever arises as well. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll probably see the revolving door of coaches the next five years at North Melbourne with Clarko there. So yeah, he'll he'll encourage his assistants to sort of go through the one year or the two years of VFL level and then come on board with him or at another AFL club. So Yeah, yeah. We really appreciate yeah. Craig joining us tonight. Yeah, we, yeah. we can't thank him enough. Uh, so we've got... We've you, got three games of VFL to, to go, Laoshi, for the, for the whole year. Yep. Um, let's talk a little bit about tips and let's talk about scenarios. What ifs? What, if, what, okay. if, what, ifs, what ifs for the grand final? So we've got four teams left. One scenario could be we could have Casey versus Southport. I reckon that'd be the safe bet for most people. What do you reckon of that? Probably, even though I have gone out on a limb and said I would like to see a Brisbane Southport. I've been saying that for about eight weeks. Um, and you know, I suppose it's a case of you got one Victorian side, one standalone side, a Queensland standalone side that is. And yes, Southport is a standalone side. So Correct. if anyone wants to argue with me, please text me and tell me why they're not a standalone side. Um, and, and then you got Brisbane and the Gold Coast that are obviously aligned with um, AFL clubs, and Brisbane still is in the running in the AFL as well. So, um, so what's your tip for the grand final? Brisbane Southport. Brisbane Southport. Okay. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it safe, and I'm I'm going to go Casey Southport. I think I think uh, Casey. Uh, they've got the squad. They've got the depth. Um, I don't think it's going to change dramatically from Friday night playing against Brisbane at the G to what's going to happen the next day. I don't no. think the, I don't think the team's going to drop their bundle. I think they're still going to have that squad. Um, it might actually help them because they might have a few players that carry over and they can actually play the next day. Um, I think I think Kay, if you look over the whole season, Casey's only lost to one team though last yep. year, and that's Brisbane. Yep, and that's that's why I've got a feeling they might repeat the dose. Exactly. Except, except they'll do it on the Victor- on, on Victorian turf. Plus, my tip for the grand final win would be Southport because of all the cult figures in that side, like Quabi <laughs> and Braden Crosley oh, and Dawson and all that. They're all great blokes. Cause we, Don't forget you, Jay Lockhart. Yeah, Jay Lockhart, uh, Boyd Woodcock. You know, they're um, they're great. They're, they're great guys, and we love seeing them in Melbourne when they come down and play in Melbourne. Zach Foot. I mean, they, you go yeah. through that team. And they've Billy, got a, Billy Gowers. They you know the blonde hair. So they've got a great and, team, and even Jacob Towson, Liston Medal winner. Yeah, Steve Steve Daniel gives us a lot of time as well, and he actually even 
and sent a message to the under-12 Auburn Vale kids um, for the grand final. So that's why I want Southport to actually win it yeah, as well. it'd be good to see a standalone uh, get up there. We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back with our... Cult figure. Cult figure. What a man. Uh, Braden Crosley from the Southport Sharks. Can't wait to chat to this man. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. Ready, set. For Budget's best deals on car and truck rental, budget.com.au is good to go. It's where you'll find the best of Budget in a couple of clicks. Budget.com.au With Budget, you're good to go. Budget Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a proud sponsor of 94.1 FM 3WBC. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the point of our second special guest for the evening. And I'll tell you what, Laoshi, this is this would be up there with probably my top five uh, guests we've had all year, Laoshi, without a doubt. Uh, this man, you'd be able to speak, go, Laoshi. You are the Victorian-based president <laughs> of the Braden Crosley Fan Club. You love the man. I think, I think I'm, think i yeah, a bit of a fan. Uh, uh, and it's pretty special to have this man on tonight, Uh Played a fantastic back end to the season um, for Southport Sharks. He also won with thanks to Piranha Snacks, our VFL Player of the Month, which we've got to get to him. Yep. Uh, so he'll enjoy that. Uh, had, a, had a great second half of the season, and uh, he joins us on the line now, Braden. Braden, welcome to VFL Rewind. It's a pleasure to have you, and thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks for having me, um, boys. Bit of a build-up build up intro there. I don't know... Um if I deserve all that, but I really appreciate it. Thanks no, for having me. No, nah, Braden, trust me, mate. Brad, Brad's one of your biggest fans south of the border. So um, congratulations on a great year. Um, what is it about Southport? What uh, uh, You've been very successful in the sort of one and a half years of being in the VFL. What do you put it down to? Um, for me personally, I think it's, um, I guess, a sense of history um, in the club. My old man... Um, played there and um, is a, in the Hall of Fame there. And, um, so that's something that's always been, I guess, in the back of my mind. So when I come off a list, um, coming there, it didn't really seem like there was any other option to, to do. Um, it was, yeah, especially with the news that they were going to be going into the VFL, um, I was pretty pumped to go there. And then um, I think from the moment that you walk in there, I'm not sure if you um, have been lucky enough to get get up to the coast and um, get into the club. But yeah, been up everywhere, you, everywhere you look, there's a bit of history there. and um, The game changers is, is what they call some of the men that built the club. Um, the late Doc McKenzie, Wally Fankhauser, um, blokes like that who, yeah, built the club from the bottom up. Um, there's those faces everywhere and um, records of, of everyone there. So, yeah, just such a proud history. Um, that the club has, and um, that gets relayed onto you pretty quickly as well. And tell us about your coach, SJ. What type of person is he, mate? SJ, SJ's a great person. Um, one of the best coaches um, I've ever had, and um, I've had the pleasure of having him twice now at two different clubs. I was lucky enough to be an academy kid um, when he was a coach at the of the Sun Reserves. Um, 
So, yeah, was was lucky enough to have him there and then um, obviously made that an easy draw to, to come back where it seems like um, all the ex-Suns players seem, seem to go. Obviously, location helps, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the people there are ex-Suns people as well, so always seems to be a little connection there. But um, yeah, certainly a, a great um, people person and um, people manager as well. I would say yeah, finds a connection with everyone. Uh, how have you taken on? I guess being the the number one ruck with Fraser Thurlow um, being out. Um, um, how have you taken that on? Um, because on as as we mentioned off the top, you know your stats are doing pretty good. Um. Do you see yourself as a ruckman or, or a utility or a forward ruck? What sort of role do you, I guess, see yourself primarily as? Uh, great question. Probably more of a, of a forward ruck, but I played, yeah, most of my junior footy as a ruck and then um, even coming up through the ranks as um, when I first started playing senior footy, I was a ruckman pretty much from the outset then, um, Southport, and myself have been blessed with, with having phrase for the past two years and um, I think he's without probably the best ruck in the in the VFL. Um, he's such a good player, and um, to have both of us has been yeah we've been like I said pretty blessed to have it. So um, injuries happen, and yeah he's gone out of the way a little bit, and um, I suppose it's been a little bit easy to step into a ruck role because like I said it's more of my natural game. But um, when he's there, certainly for the team, I feel like I'm more of a forward ruck that can um, yeah hurt opposition when, when he's there because they don't really get a relief of a <coughs> a fill-in ruck, I suppose, more so that teams have nowadays rather than a true second ruck. You've had a um, great great season at Southport. Um, obviously, you've had a taste of the AFL um, environment once before. Is the burning ambition still there to get back on an AFL list or are you quite happy with the way footy's going right now at Southport? Um. It's yeah, funny that you say that. Um, that question was posed to me um, recently by um, a, a pretty close friend, and um, the answer is almost both. Um, if if that makes any sense, yep. um, I would love to love to get back um, in the AFL and um, would yeah would jump at the opportunity if it come up. But um, in the same same breath, um, my work life balance and the Southport Sharks, I'm the happiest of ever been I suppose in, in all those aspects and um, certainly yeah, I've had the taste and um, all said and done I'd obviously be happy with what I've achieved if I end up being a VFL footballer for the next 10 years but also that that little voice I suppose in the back of your mind that um, yeah is ready to go again and wants to go again if the opportunity comes up but yeah um, like I said I'm pretty set up everywhere else in, in life um, so yeah I'm pretty happy by the way. I remember earlier this year when you guys were out here at Box Hill and we presented Boyd Woodcock with his Player of the Month award, the Piranha Chips, which you will be getting as well once we bump into you <laughs> somewhere in Melbourne. And the first person to grab a pack of chips out of that box was you and he, Boyd looks at me and goes, I've got to keep the boss happy. So what do you actually <laughs> do for a job? Because I believe there's a couple of boys working for you. Yeah, yeah. I think we've actually got eight of us now at South Port, oh, a bit ridiculous, but we work in the um, disability support um, space. Um, so I was lucky enough to <coughs> get get a job um, with an organisation called Bean Mentors. Um, the one of the blokes that started that up was the old um, head of community programs and whatnot at um, Gold Coast, um, and I really enjoyed that space when I was when I was there. And 
um, sort of linked up with him again and yeah, got a role there at the start of this year and um, have taken it with two hands and absolutely love it. So um, yeah, I've worked worked my way up through the ranks and yeah, we've got Boyd, um, Kwabi Boki, um, Corey Joyce, Zach Foot, Riley Bowman, Connor Nutting. Please don't um, tell me Billy Gowers. Billy no, nah, not Billy. <laughs> Billy's cutting hair still, but yeah, they're, they're the ones off the top of my head. Sorry yeah. to any of the boys that, that I've forgotten about, but yeah, we've got a fair few of them on the roster at the moment, which yeah makes it easy sometimes because everyone can work the same hours, but in the, in the same same breath can make it hard when yeah it's always Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Arvo's that are missing. Uh, you've had a front row seat to this man all year, Jacob Dawson. Uh, he's uh, tipped, tipped pretty highly to uh, be polling pretty well on the list the next week. Uh, what can you tell us about Jacob? And uh, do you reckon um, he's a bit of a bit of a chair? He's probably a very humble man. I, I know I uh, seen Jacob at Box Hill, and he's a pretty humble man. But uh, do you reckon he's uh, a sniff for next week um, for the listen? Yeah, Jacob's um, one of my best mates. So any dirt you want on him, I'm more than happy. <laughs> More than happy to dish out, but um, no, nah, certainly I think he's a I think he's a great chance. And um, even though it was a shortened season last year, I was spewing that they didn't go ahead with the listing because I reckon he would have been um, short price favourite for that as well, and could have been um, in some rare company going for a for a double listing um, back to back. But yeah, certainly I think he's he's a very good chance. Um, he's yeah an absolute warrior on the field and. Um, obviously one of our leaders of the football club, him and Mike um, both do it so differently but so well for us, um, couldn't speak more highly of, of Dawson, yeah I really hope <laughs> him or, or Boyd um, are a chance to, to win JJ next week but um, hopefully they don't steal too many votes off each other and um, one of them can get the job done now, Braden, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was against Box Hill, your famous number 24 jumper got damaged. Now, I'm, I'm a big jumper collector. Um, usually, I, I would say, can I grab that jumper of your number 24? But Brad's a big fan of yours. Have you still got that damaged jumper? Because I've messaged Cam Smith and he didn't get back to me. But if you can bring that damaged jumper down on Liston Metal Night and present it to Brad, he would love it. Yeah, I don't know what they what they did with the what they have done with the jumper. It's in the they museum. They it up because they couldn't get a replacement uh, straight <laughs> away, so they, yeah. they sewed it up, and then um, the next week it actually got ripped again. <laughs> um, so yeah, it got sewed up a couple times, and then a new one um, come in. I think just after the Essendon game, or just before that, maybe. So can we, can it we... should be hanging around somewhere. Yeah. Um, and if it is, and the club's willing to give it away, I'm more than happy to. Oh, you're yeah. good man. We, because we'll get a photo of you presenting the jumper to Brad <laughs> as well. It'll be great for the um, 3WBC website, and it'll be great for the 3WBC Southport relationship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If um, yeah, if the opportunity comes up, I'd love to hand it over. <laughs> I've got one more final question, Braden. It's fascinating me. I, I followed your career when you're in the AFL, and followed you obviously at at um. Needful level and of course at VFL level, Goobs. What's what's the go with the nickname? It's one of the most unique nicknames I've ever heard. What's the go with Goobs? <laughs> so, um, Goobs was given to me by my uh, by my pop because I was a very um, uncoordinated, goofy um, <laughs> child. Um, some some of my mates, also it's probably one if you interview me, interview him that would would stitch me up and say that I still am. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with SpongeBob, but Goofy Goober 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> was on SpongeBob, and my pop must have watched a heap of it with me when I was a kid. So he he called me that, and um, as you do when you first get a nickname, whatever it is, you don't really like it. So I hated it, and um, yeah, Dad called me at once at, at footy training, um, and. As it goes, when you're an 11-year-old, 12-year-old kid and you don't like a nickname that gets given to you, yeah, it sticks. So, yeah, since I reckon I was 10, 11 years old, um, I've had the yeah the nickname Goobs, Goober. Um, yeah, all, all those variations of that. So, <laughs> I did it when I was a, a kid, but, yeah, obviously pretty used to it now and, um, yeah, don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's a ripper. I love it. It's unique. It's, I, reckon, I reckon there'd be many people out there called Groobs. It's a unique one. Uh, final question for me. As we know, playing the Gold Coast Suns this week, a uh, lot of players at Southport have been on a Gold Coast list or a coach or have crossed over. Um, the rivalry. Can you tell us, for us Melbourne people who don't know much about the rivalry up there, what's the rivalry like between these two clubs? Oh, it's, it's massive. Like you said, there's a um, a lot of Southport people who are ex-Gold um, Coast people and um, obviously not everyone leaves uh, the club that they were before on, on good terms, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a few um, grudges that, that get held there um, from, from different people here and there. And, um, there's a lot, of, a lot of people that, yeah, personally I really, really like over there and um, love, love them as people. But, yeah, as soon as they're on the footy field, there's, there's still something in the back of your head that... Yeah, you don't don't like these blokes because they got rid of your type setup. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty big, pretty big deal um, going up against them, and um, certainly one that I think, from their perspective and our perspective, that gets I guess circled every year. So to come up against them in a final um, at Fankhouser is is massive. I think, um, yeah, speaking to it for a few different people, there's no other, I guess, Queensland footy that clashes with it. Um, come Sunday so I think it'll be the, the biggest crowd that I can imagine in, in recent history um, at a Queensland football game that's not professional um, so I'm pretty excited to, to be a part of that atmosphere and um, also potentially be a part of some history as well with um, potentially being two Queensland teams in the, the VFL Grand Final which would be ridiculous but um, something that yeah would absolutely embrace if it, if it comes in. Your thoughts on that, because I actually mentioned um, this about eight weeks ago, that when Brisbane and Southport were travelling really well and then all of a sudden the Gold Coast as well, um, being, if it were two Queensland sides, um, would you have preferred it in, say, Queensland or are you quite happy to travel? Obviously, a um, bit of bias. would love to play it at Fankhauser. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's not going to happen. No. So. Um, happy to travel with um we've always traveled um being interstate in the needful whatever we've got a really good um good group who i suppose with a lot of interstate teams that you yeah see in the afl that it's almost like that it's a little little trip away every time they go so um happy to play anywhere really um it doesn't bother me at all obviously like i said a bit of bias it'd be nice to play at thank you but that's not going to happen um we played it icon for our first VFL game so it'd be a, um, a nice little irony if we got to play a, play a grand final and um, potentially win a premiership there. Yeah, for all the listeners it's at um, Fankhauser um, Oval um, up there in Southport free entry, so uh, 
was talking to Cam Smith and he reckons they're, get, they're hoping to get close to 3,000. So that'd be a big crowd up there. It doesn't, as Braden said, it doesn't clash with anything. So yeah, fingers crossed um, the, the crowd does come for you guys, Braden. And uh, thanks for joining us tonight on VFR Rio. I really appreciate it. Uh, um, good luck for the, yeah, the big game. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate no it. No worries. Thanks, Braden. Braden Crosley, what a man. Uh, very humble, too. Very humble man. Yeah. And, uh, Cult figure, and possibly you might be the owner of his old jumper oh, soon. I, I, I would appreciate that. I don't want to put a pump on anyone. but uh, Come on, Cam Smith. Yeah, he's a, he's a, um, he's a good man, Braden. Yeah. And as, as I mentioned, it's, it's going to be, a, for us Melbourne people, we don't get it. You know, it's, it'd be a bit like a, trying to explain to a... Um, someone from Queensland about a, a Williamstown Port Melbourne rivalry. Yeah. It's something that you probably have to experience to understand. And, you know, we, with so many players crossing over each side, there's going to be a bit of... Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to I it. Can't and, wait. Can't and I can't wait. And I hope the Sharkies get over the line because we obviously are biased to the Sharkies as well because they're a really good club and really good people that are always willing to come on air when we request them, request them to come on air. Exactly so. right. We're going to go to a break now, though. We're going to be back after the break with Michael Gibbons from... Williamstown, uh, ex-Williamstown football player, uh, two-time listed medal winner. You're listening to VFL Rewind here at 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. L&P Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. M&R Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the point of our last special guest for the evening. And for anyone who doesn't listen to our show, it's the VFA slash VFL legend segment. Uh, we normally like to get on a, a former grade of the, the competition. And this man uh, is a very modern era great of the competition. Two-time list and medal winner. Had a fantastic career. Wigan Sound Football Club was lucky enough to be drafted by Colton in the AFL. And he's now playing up on Yarrawonga. On the Murray up there, Yarrawonga Mulwala, and a very successful club up there. And he joins us on the line now, Michael Gibbons. Michael, welcome to VFL Rewind, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. G'day, Michael. How's she speaking? Um, Hello, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. Um, tell us about your time in Williamstown, because, you, geez, you spent um, five or six years there toiling away and then finally getting the opportunity at Carlton. Um, how did you first get down to Williamstown? Yeah, she was. I was there for five, five or six years, as you said, mate. Um, and uh, in the end, uh, the decision was when I missed out on getting drafted there, coming out of my draft years, um, I was always going to come down to the VFL and play, play in the competition. It's always something I've always looked up to my whole, um, my whole life growing up, and always just knew the prestige around it. Um, and I thought, you know, that's the best avenue to then go, go get another crack, getting drafted at some point. Um, and then, mate, Williamson sort of snuck up on me a bit. I didn't really know too much about the VFL and. and Everything like that. The big, the big draw card for me was they were, they were a standalone club. They just gone standalone, and um, <clears throat> probably I was a little bit shitty with the whole AFL system, <laughs> so I didn't really want to go to an AFL line club. Um, and look, mate, it ended up being one of the best, best uh, decisions I ever made. So um, you know, the fact that it was standalone, and then the fact that Andy Collins was he was just newly appointed coach, and um, yeah, he chased me down a bit and really backed me in, and that's what I liked. 
It must have it must have got to a stage where you know every every year you always had that solid solid year. You you won a couple of listed medals. In my belief, is I reckon you should have probably won three, but there was one that you missed out by a vote or two. Um, how did it all then transpire? Um, getting picked up by Carlton. Yeah, so as you said, it was a bit um, deflating, I guess, there for a little bit. You know, you'd, you'd feel like you have a good year and a little bit of interest would come here and there, and um, obviously nothing would then come of it. But I guess it was, uh, after about my third third year there um, at the Gulls, I, I think it might have, I've just, I'm up my first listing, and, and then um, and then as you said, I've, I've had a pretty good year the following year and didn't end up winning, I came runner up, but I, I had a really good year, and I sort of thought. Um, that was I put a lot into it that year, um, and then obviously nothing come about again. I spoke to Adelaide and Fremantle, and nothing sort of come of that. So that that sort of put me, sat me on my butt a bit. Um, and then you know, I, I, but after that, I sort of um, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I, I just like I didn't care as much. Um, I don't know if that was a front or anything, but I sort of just thought to myself, well, I'll just go out and I'll just enjoy my footy, and um, and then you know, unbeknownst to me, that actually helped me a bit more because I was a bit more relaxed and I wasn't so focused on getting drafted and. Um, yeah, luckily enough, went out and had another good, another good year or so. Um, and then, yeah, again with the whole Carlton thing, it was by chance. Like one of my good friends now, Doc, he, he um, unfortunately did his second ACL, and I got a call late, late in December to come and train the next day. So I walked off the job site with my boss, and I didn't, uh, I never went back to him. <laughs> uh, Michael, what can you tell us about about being coached by the great Andy Collins? Um, from the outside looking in, he looks like an absolute uh, fantastic mentor and a guy that you'd want to play for. Uh, He's not a big rantner and raver. He's a pretty modest-speaking guy when you go out to the huddles at three-quarters. I don't know if he's like that behind closed doors. But what can you tell us a little bit about Andy Collins as a coach? Yeah, no, he's a, he's a legend, mate. He's, he's one of the biggest reasons that I end up getting a crack at it. And there's many boys, many boys that he um, he promoted throughout his time and still is doing it at the moment, um, has always done, to given a lad the crack in the, in the, uh, the AFL, I should say. Um, as you say, mate, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a... He's a bit of a different cat, um, and he wouldn't mind me saying that, but he's, a, he's an absolute legend. He, he backs his players in. Um, he's obviously a legend of the game in his own right in terms of playing. Um, I think that gets lost a bit. Like you know, I don't think many many young kids get growing up these days really understand how much of a legend the actual AFL game he is as a player. Um, and, you know, everything he's doing with Hawthorne now, he actually come down... He come down to Yarrawonga and watched a few of us ex Williamstown boys playing in uh, Willie, Willie Wheeler and Lee Masters um, down in... Um, in Yarrawonga earlier this year, so it was, uh, you know, he still he still stays connected with us, and um, you know, it, it's just great to see him, you know, continually do, doing well. As we, as you mentioned, um, yeah, it was uh, selected by Carlton um to play and played 47 games um in a in a great career. I, I followed every game and I really enjoyed the way you played. Uh, but I want to ask about 2019. So the Willie boys uh, made the grand final, which is actually the last VFL grand final. Uh, did you get along and support the boys? Because uh, if you did, uh, yeah, I know Williamstown lost, but it was an absolute ripper game for the mutual fan. Yeah, yeah, I was there, mate. Um, I was there, and then obviously uh, it was at Icon Park that day, and you know, I think personally, I think all, all VFL finals should be held at Icon Park going forward. But that's obviously a discussion for another time. But I just think that's a, it's a great ground there for the VFL to um, to really use. Um, but mate, yeah, it was it was pretty heartbreaking. One of my good mates is really real. I still see say I'm playing with him now, and. Um, I was sort of, you know, on the 45 there behind those couple of kicks he missed, and um, the second one I could have sworn was going in before I hit the post or whatever it was, and uh, yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking for the boys, mate. Um, you know, but you know, that's just one of those things that will go down as one of the great three or four grannies, won't it? Yeah, the next question is a bit of a setup question, uh, Michael. 
What um, influence was the idiot specialist on your career, mate? <laughs> I wonder if he's listening right now. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of my, my best mates, Shorty Ty, he, uh, he called himself the Etihad specialist. Um, <laughs> he played in the 2015 grand final and he'll absolutely love that. Got a bit of air time there. So, <laughs> he's, he's uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not surprised he snuck that one through. Yeah, no, I had a, had a bit of a chat to him uh, late last week, and um, I said I'll, um, I'll I'll throw it throw it in. And luckily, there is a podcast of this, so he, if he's not listening, he can um, listen to the replay. Yeah, um, tell us, you're at a great club, Yarrawonga Pigeons. Um, I did a bit of research. You're only ten games away from life membership at Williamstown. Was there any thought at any stage of heading back to Willie after? Carlton did the unthinkable because I think um, you were really hard done by there, to, personally. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, sort of. I guess at the end, mate, there wasn't any um, draw to go back, and that and there was nothing, nothing against Williamstown. Um, the because when when the whole Carlton thing happened, I, I was on the ninety-one game, so I was always just going to end up playing a couple more years there. I always wanted to get the life membership. I think that's an awesome achievement. Um, I was always oh, that was always a, you know a pretty big goal, and then the Carlton thing sort of come out and then I spent yeah, three, three and a half, four years there. So um and then once I come out of it mate, I just said it the way it ended, the way it all ended, I was pretty um, you know, I, I felt put a lot into it and it was pretty um, I guess I was a bit taken back by it. So then the whole when when the um when the decision was made I it, it sort of rattled me a bit. I was a bit over it all and I just couldn't be bothered with the whole going back to um uh, the you know, the semi professional lifestyle that the VFL entails. Um and and yeah, you know, it just wasn't for me. At that. It, it just wasn't for me at this point in my life, mate. So, um, yeah, it had nothing to do with the decision, though. Really, I actually, I actually still go down there a bit and say hello, and um, still frequently catch up with it. Or, you know, watch the boys, and um, so you know, it's it's it, it, it was a tough one, but yeah, it was, it was just a timing thing for me in my life, mate. Now, tell us about the arrangement with Yarrawonga. Are you actually living up there, or are you still based in Melbourne and training with the club, and then going up on the weekends? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm just living down in Melbourne still. My partner and I live here, and um, yeah, he and uh, sorry, she and she and I uh, we travel up on um, yeah. I, I I sometimes go up on a Thursday afternoon, uh, halfway through the work day, and um, yeah, I'll train with the boys, stay up there. My my parents live up there on the water, so um, I've got free accommodation every weekend, which is helpful. Um, and then yeah, I just sort of come back throughout there on the Sunday. So and the boys are going well. They're just. We uh we won the first one on the weekend, so we went to a prelim this week against Wangaratta, so they're the powerhouse, so they seem to be good. Uh, final question for me, Mike. As, as we mentioned, two-time list and medal winner. Um, probably your first opportunity as a, I guess, an, a non-VFL or AFL player to get along. Are you getting along to the list? And I know uh, a lot of the boys uh, try and get back and uh, yeah, have a watch of the the night. Are you planning to get back, or are uh, you got your focus and um, I guess on other things? Is that when is that? When is the... next Monday night? Oh, is it? No, I haven't. I haven't actually heard anything as of it. I, I I knew I'd always. I knew I always got an invite. Um, I think I. Uh, I think I saw something the other day. But no, I. I don't think I'll be there next Monday. Um, but uh, who's who's the who's the tip to win it this year? Though? Jacob Dawson. Um, Jacob Dawson, Tommy Gribble again. Um, from Werribee's up, up there. Uh, they're probably the two standouts that I can think of at the top of my head. Uh, Lockie Sullivan as well from Footscray is one of the other ones that, that's a bit of a fancy. Since you can't go, Michael, we'll send your representative, the Etihad Specialist. Yeah, we'll send the Etihad Specialist. <laughs> That'll be good. That'll be good for my reputation. <laughs> well, Michael, really appreciate you joining us tonight. As we mentioned, uh, one of the greats of the VFL, uh, two-time yeah. Wisdom medal winner. Not many people have won it twice. Uh, good luck up there at Yarrawonga uh, for the Mighty Pigeons. Uh, hopefully uh, things can go well, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks Michael. Cool. Thank you.
Cheers. Thanks, Michael Gibbons. There, absolute gentleman and a great man of the VFL. Last year, yeah. at the end of the show, we've got thirty seconds to wrap up. Uh, thank you once again for joining us. Thank you. Well, next Monday we'll be at the Crown, so we'll do it all again next week. No worries. We'll see you all again next week. Thank you very much for listening to VFL Rewind here on ninety four point one FM, three WBC. Next up is Gabby. Gabby Beams. Are uh, we? Lounge favourites. Lounge favourites. There we go. So from 8 o'clock, tune in. Thank you very much for listening to VFR. We'll see you next week.